Alright, Kenny, so we are back for our second audio journal. Um, and we are going to try to tighten it up a little bit. We kind of gave an overview, more of an informal style last time, of just all different stuff we've seen in scripture. And uh, <laughs> probably maybe, maybe, maybe people's heads pop off, I don't know. So today, um, we've kind of outlined some things um, of what we believe the Word is. And that is, we believe the Word is perfect and the sole account we have of Him to all nations. That's number one. Number two, the Word is sufficient. Number three, the Word is sealed and revealed. And number four, the Word still holds mysteries. Um, and in no way those all-inclusive are the only ones, but those are some points that we thought we would tackle today. Uh, yeah, you don't want to whisper, <laughs> yes. Okay, so, the word is perfect in the sole account we have of him to all nations. Um, well, what, first off, why don't we, and we did this before we didn't record it, but why don't we go ahead and open and pray. You want to open this, or you want me to open this? Yeah, you can do it. <clears throat> Lord, we uh, thank you for the time that you've given us to talk about your word and what you've revealed to us what we believe you've re revealed to us over the last two and a half years. Um, it's strengthened both of us, I know. It's been very foundational and having uh, uh, worship inside our hearts to uh, see the perfection of your word. And we ask, Lord, that you give us the ability to um, just just talk about some of that and uh, get us out of the way and let your spirit speak to us through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so, so the word is perfect, and it's the sole account that we have of, uh, of God, and it's to all nations, we being everyone that he has created. I think that's... A big point of that is the fact that we we really don't know anything about Jesus outside of the Gospels and outside of the scriptures we have in our hands. Well, yeah, well, and you mean, too, like, outside of the Gospels, directly, like, but the entire Bible, and we'll have an example later, though, tells us about Jesus, <clears throat> but we didn't know that until he came showed it through his fulfilling of the scripture. In John it says that uh, you don't believe me because you didn't believe Moses and the prophets. Which was telling us that the oh, law, because yeah. you were talking about the I gospel being the whole, all of the scripture. Which right, I, was yeah. just, I thought it was good, oh, I got you. Okay. a good way to transition that. But no, exactly. Um, <clears throat> you... Here we go. John 5, 39. Uh, or let's, let's start at 36. John 5, 36. I have testimony weightier than that of John. This is a red letter, so it's Jesus talking. For the very work that the Father has given me to finish, and which I am doing, testifies that the Father has sent me. And the Father who sent me has himself testified concerning me. You have never heard his voice, nor seen his form, nor does his word dwell in you. For you do not believe the one he sent. 
You diligently study the scriptures because you think that by them you possess eternal life. These are the scriptures that testify about me, yet you refuse to come to me to have life. What, what verse did you leave off that? 30, 40. Okay. Um. And uh, what's interesting there is it's kind of a double play on it, um, parallel, uh, or you know the symbolism. You have never heard his voice or seen his form, but we know that those who do truly understand his word, let them ears have he let those who... Whatever. Right, unless yeah. unless Christ opens their ears. Yeah, so it's like a little they, another subtlety there. Like he hasn't heard his voice, or the word doesn't dwell in them, which is almost like the the sowing of the word yeah. inside too. So keep, his point here is Jesus is saying, "Look, if you if you did know the scriptures, you'd know that I'm true because they testify about me." Right, and for, verse forty five says, "But do not think that I will accuse you before your father, before the father. Your accuser is Moses." On whom your hopes are set, if you believe Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote about me. Uh, but since you do not believe what he wrote, how are you going to believe what I say? So that that just ties into the fact that this this is the account that God has provided of the coming of Christ, of his glory, his creation. And if you don't, at the time... They didn't truly believe, they weren't going to it in faith. They were studying in vain. They were studying it, which tells us also that they have a written account that Christ is calling. You can believe this, and you would know who I am. So this isn't tainted, and it is for his glory. Because those that did believe it received uh, Christ. Right, and the scriptures have been protected to be true, accurate. Yeah, you, they can study them, like, and and actually read it, but still not get it. Right. And others could read it and totally understand. You can conquer. I mean, you can study it your whole life, and if it's not, just like you said, said so he says they think they study it diligent. You study diligently, yet it's in vain. So it's not even like they're. Um, what's interesting? So there are a lot, obviously, a ton of examples where he says Moses wrote about me. But just thinking of a couple of them, right? So. Um, I just first go to the garden um, when Jesus is um, when it when it gives a prophecy about Jesus. Um, uh, Cursed are you above all livestock and all wild animals. You will crawl on your belly and you will eat dust all the days of your life. And I will okay, and I will put oh, yeah. enmity between you and the woman and between your offspring and hers. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. Um, which is absolutely Christ right. crushing the head of Satan. Which we that's used later too, right? That's uh, by the way, chapter three, turning in verse fourteen, and that's after Adam and Eve eat from the garden. And then um, another example would be when Abraham takes his son Isaac uh, to be sacrificed on the mountain. He you know, there's a ram that's caught in the thorns, and that's what ends up getting sacrificed. And it's a complete. Most people will recognize the the parallel piece there, and say, "Well, look, this story is similar." But what seems to me to get dropped off is the fact that it was it was done to simply and powerfully point to the fact that this is what God was going to do. And I and as you know, <clears throat> I think we see that even before then by God sending us to death. Like, all right, so if you keep reading, 
God says to Adam, Because you listened to your wife and ate from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. Through painful toil you will eat of it all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you. Well, it produces thorns for Christ as well. Mm. And you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow you eat food until you, re- until you return to the ground, since from it you were taken. From dust you are, to dust you return. So he gives death so that Christ could come and die for our sins. And he removes them from the garden so that they can't eat from the tree of life and live in their sin forever. And the reason I think there's a key to that is Peter talks that the one that's cursed is hung on a tree. And that's kind of where I see the same words. But anyways. Yeah, he so, does. I think he uses the words tree of life too in there. So um, those are a couple of examples. Are there any that jump out in your mind? Or? Uh, well, I mean, just to kind of overall point out the fact that since... We, you know, we're pointing out the fact that the entire Bible is a gospel. I know we said that, but and it it's it's complete in the way that every story in Genesis, since we've been doing a study in Genesis, points to exactly the way it's going to be done and what's to come, and it glorifies God. and And it's <clears throat> and incredible how even I mean, we we can't even get into all the story. The, just the the, the ones that don't stand out so much still glorify what Christ is going to do. So it's, it's, it's teaching us the whole time from Genesis to the time of Christ exactly who Christ is and what he's going to do in his glory. Yeah, I think another, another one, um, we see the bread that's given from heaven. We know that Jesus is the bread. You will eat of him. We see um, in Exodus 17, verse 6, I will stand there before you by the rock at Horeb, um, strike the rock and water will come out of it for the people to drink. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, clearly another example of and Melchizedek too. Yeah. Um, bringing out the bread and the wine. Yeah. Yeah. Which, you know, the I blood know. or the blood, the wine, the bodies, the bread. Okay. So in that, I mean, there's a lot in there that that's, that's showing his glory, which we believe falls under it being perfect in, in the account of him. We know that it's a, a complete account of him. And let's think about it. Without God's word going out to the world, and now we're lucky to have it in written form, that's all we have of him. Right. Now, granted, people say, well, the Bible says that creation talks about him, but the Bible is what tells us that in the beginning. How would we know that? Yeah. I mean, you know, Because then there would be scientists that are still in existence that don't see it, and they say that science points to the fact that it was we all came from one little organism right what do we know about creation without genesis and it's yeah. it's it is what we know right okay so by jesus referencing it or by it being about jesus we also know that god tells us in his word that it's protected and it remains perfect being protected so that's uh and, and, it, and it served the the a very important role as a testimony to all those that Christ was going to come the first time and as the witness and it still is doing the same thing as it did at the time of Christ and before Christ and you know his words and saying if you believe Moses you'd believe me still resonate they, they still speak and you know what's cool about that Jesus says that but and I mentioned it last time Abraham says it too when he's talking to the rich man in heaven oh, yeah. they have Moses and the prophets even if they have them, they're not going to believe him, even if he raises someone from the dead. There's a couple of things there. We know that Abraham reckoned that God could raise his son from the dead. He says that 
in the account of taking Isaac to the mountain. But secondly, Abraham, it's showing the righteousness that was credited to Abraham because in Galatians, um, we're told that the, I think it's Galatians, that the gospel was in, announced in advance to Abraham. Mm-hmm. So it was true then, before the creation of the world, it's true. God revealed it to Abraham and he knew it. And then when the rich man goes to him, he gives the same response that Jesus gives. So it's, 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 you can see how perfect it is and how God protected those words so that we can read them now. And even before we get to that story about him, we know it's true. Right. You know, it's pretty, it's really cool. And actually the wording of that in Galatians is, uh, in chapter three, verse six says, consider Abraham, he believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness. Understand then that those who believe are children of Abraham. The scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who have faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. So it's just, I like the way that the scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith. It's this, this, uh, I mean, it's like the scripture is outside of time. It's just waiting to be, it, it, God decides what, what man will write it down and how that's carried along through history, you know, but it's always there because it, it's his plan. It's, it's more than words on paper, mm-hmm. right? Okay, so there's a scripture that you pointed out that we were talking about before, uh, beforehand. It's Matthew twenty four fourteen, And this gospel, and this is read later, and this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. And that, that kind of ties into what we talked about last time with the languages too. Uh, the fact that this this will strike the hearts of all men, whether they receive it or not, no matter what their language. And it's and we just laid out what the gospel is. The gospel is more than just Jesus saves. It's an it's God revealing Himself through His Word and for His glory. For His glory, right? Did and, we get into where the languages came from? We talked about we talked about that last time, didn't we? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the uh, Babel and, and stuff. So, I mean, in, in this, I want to make sure we point out in that scripture is that this is very much a legal witness. Um, this is a appointed time this is referring to. So when this takes place, 20... Um, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. This is a very real thing that takes place. The appointed time comes. All nations have had, you know, have had the gospel spoken to them in, or in written form. And it, it's, here's the thing. If we, if we don't have the true words here because we don't have the original text, then how does this take place? You know, it, well, yeah, and it also says that it's a testimony. It's God's testimony, right? And about, this is Jesus talking. You know, right? So, so if he's <laughs> telling the truth, which you know we believe he is. Then this this book in front of us that w- is a part of this scripture being fulfilled. You know, yeah. This this book in front of us, you know, speaking to us is a part of all nations having the testimony coming to them. Right. It's also, okay, so, and we can trust it 
in that. Um, Jesus later says in Luke 16, 17, or Luke 16, starting in verse 16, the law and the prophets were proclaimed until John. Since that time, the good news of the kingdom of God is being preached, and everyone is forcing his way into it. It is easier for heaven and earth to disappear than for the least stroke of a pen to drop out of the law. I love I mean, the fact that that, you know, go ahead. Go ahead. No, that, that actually breaks it down into a written form as well, you know? Like yeah. They're, you know, otherwise, it, it, I mean, it, it, and the law is Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Well, he's, and, but he, yeah, but he also says, until the time of John. Before right. that, yeah, the law and the prophets were proclaimed until, right. So, I mean, it's saying the law and the prophets. Yeah, and it's the very law and prophets they have in their hand. And then he's also saying that it's impossible for any of this to drop out. Well, and he goes on, the other part where he talks about it is he adds, he adds into this piece, Jesus adds in himself um, in the fulfillment piece. Which means that we know that what we're reading about now also applies. Because you could make the argument, well, it's saying the law and the prophets until John was mm-hmm. proclaimed, right? Okay. So if we go to Matthew five seventeen, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not the smallest letter, not the least stroke of a pen, will by any means disappear from the law until everything is accomplished. So here's Jesus not, I mean, he's, he's putting in the fulfillment part. He's saying not only not the least stroke of a pen, not even the smallest letter, well, by any means, in no measure, will it disappear until everything is accomplished. Right. So it's like, a, it's, I mean, it's got even more to it, you know? And he also, in other, many other parts, I mean, we have to remember, okay, well, I, I see what you're doing. We're taking it up to the, at least the New Testament part, understanding that's Moses and the prophets, and then... It goes beyond that in in the you know in the scripture, right? Mm-hmm. This includes the whole Bible because the the words Jesus is speaking, as he says, "My words are life," you know, mm-hmm. truth. And he came to open the ears of the deaf, you know, deaf, and open the eyes of the blind and stuff. And we know that has a very spiritual meaning as well of un- understanding the scriptures as well. And we see that Paul was sent to bring the gospel to the Gentiles. And he does that in his, in the books that God, you know, ordained him to write, who, who he sent his spirit to have Paul or Paul dictate it to other people right through that. You know, he was a part of that, bring it to Gentiles as well. Yeah. And yeah. And let's see, we now we'll get into that. Um, under the word is sufficient. We get into the God breathe part. Okay. Um, so it's, it's not linear and it's completely outside of time. Right. And that's, that's the, the, I guess i point out one thing real quick is that when we look at how, how did we receive this word? And I think we kind of hit this a little bit is that we, you know, man standing on the surface of the earth looks back into history linearly. And you can see certain parts where certain parts of the scripture were dug out of the ground and, and put together. And it looks impossible. It, 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 would, it, it is a miracle. It, it is yeah. impossible that this, and, and some people, most people will say, well, two to three percent. That is, 
if you, that would take a miracle, why wouldn't God just go ahead and finish off that two to three percent to even get this perfect? You know, right. so the way we look at it is, and I know we'll get into this with the spirit and the teaching, but I'm talking about the protection of the word through history and given to us is that God is in heaven and he sends his word out from heaven mm -hmm. down onto us. So we, we, uh, we have, we have a very small perspective on the earth. Right. It's God's word. It's in heaven with him. It's not buried in the dirt. He doesn't realize, oh, man, I thought that piece was going to be protected. Now it's gone. Now, what, I don't remember what I wrote. We, uh, we, have, we have a very small perspective on the earth. Right. It's God's word. It's in heaven with him. It's not buried in the dirt. He doesn't realize, oh, man, I thought that piece was going to be protected. Now it's gone. Now, what, I don't remember what I wrote on it. You know, he sends his word out at the appointed time is, I guess, the point. It was a very, um, it was a very beautiful thing that took place when when this book was gathered together, you know, it, by men that were, I believe, carried along by God, you know, by the Spirit. This was put together by the Spirit. Yeah, Timothy talks about this in his book. He says also that it's not that. Um, uh, I think it's Second Timothy two. Nine, but God's word is not chained. Um, Paul writes, he writes further in that. Um, he says, reflect on what I'm saying for the Lord will give you insight into all of this. And I know we're going to get into that. Um, yeah, so that's a really good point. It's not like he's sitting there and, you know, oh, oh, oh the guys have come together to decide what goes in the Bible and what doesn't. Crap. Yeah. <clears throat> what am well, I going to do? Because we know, and and we don't we don't have it necessarily. We're going to be talking all around it. We don't have it on our outline of things discussed today. But his sovereignty is huge, and we could talk about that forever. I mean, it's like he knows everything about man before man was. I mean, he knew us before the creation of the world. Of course, he knows what's coming next. You know, right? It's like he holds. I I mean, it, I think there's a scripture that says somewhere. He could just withdraw his breath. Yeah. I, I, I think. And, and I mean, that means he holds every molecule together. So what, I, I mean, it people present it as such a barrier that we don't have the original text. But we also don't have the original prophet standing in front of us prophesying his very words. Right. But we really do because it was the Spirit's words in the first place. It wasn't even the words of the prophet. You know, and it's the Holy Spirit that is now teaching it. Well, which we'll get into later. Yeah. But it's uh, it. I mean, it's like he created the heavens and, and the earth. He protected his word through the history. Well, of I mean, that's what he's saying. Look, I created the heavens and the earth. They got to disappear, right? <laughs> for my word, for the least bit of my word to fall out. That's a good point. He's and like, the Spirit is saying the Spirit is what's protecting that. And that's why I think in the very beginning, when we talked about last time, that it's hovering over the waters. Like, I'm here, I'm going to be here, and... You're right. You know? I mean, I th I'd say for, for the heaven and earth to disappear would be monumental. Man can't do that. With all the nuclear weapons we have, and if the Cold War, if Russia fired everything and we fired everything, we still could not 
cause the earth to disappear. Much less even know where the heavens right. are <laughs> right. in that way. <clears throat> so okay. that, that's kind of that's kind of a, a summary of what we think about, you know, what, first of all, why God protect his word as, as a testimony and witness and, you know, how? Well, he's sovereign. So. Okay, so our next point, uh, number two that we said is the word is sufficient. Meaning that it is all we need to know about God, right? Right. And that um, is sufficient because it comes from Him, right? Right. So, I mean, Second uh, Timothy says... This is uh, chapter 3, starting in verse 14. But as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who will judge the living and the dead, and in the view of his appearing, and in his kingdom, I give you this charge. Preach the word. Be prepared in season and out of season. Correct, rebuke, and encourage with great patience and careful instruction. Um, that's, a, that's a really deep couple of verses there. Yes. Yeah. But, uh, you know, there, I think... Just on the surface, you know, key is that all Scripture is God-breathed. It all comes from God. Right. Um, so, so it's not from man. It was just given to man as a gift. And uh, <clears throat> it is basically, well, it's the, the sword, too. We know the verses that talk about the Word of God as a sword of the Spirit, which... In this verse, it talks about as useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, training, and righteousness, so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. This is a, this is a lot of power, in the Scripture, which is given to us for these things. So what's interesting is it mentions salvation in there, right? Mm-hmm. Through Christ Jesus, faith in Christ Jesus. So what, what we know through the Word. So you go to John 17, this is Jesus talking, and I'm going to start in verse 1. And this is Jesus talking to God. After Jesus said this, he looked toward heaven and prayed, Father, the time has come. Glorify your Son, that your Son may glorify you. For you granted him authority over all people, that he might give eternal life to all those you have given him. So what's eternal life? What is he going to tell us? Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. And now, Father, glorify me in your presence with the glory I had with you before the world began. Mm -hmm. I have revealed you to those whom you gave me out of the world. Um, So here's Jesus saying, um, oh, he goes on. They were yours, you gave them to me, and they have obeyed your word. Right. So now they know that everything you gave, you have given me, comes from you. 
For I gave them the words you gave me, and they accepted them. They knew with certainty that I came from you, and they believed that you sent me. So he's praying to God, and he's saying, Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So what do we know about him? Well, the testimony, the witness that's given here in the Scripture. Um, and, and Jesus himself, which he says, Look, I've given them their words, and they know your words. Right. So that's part of that that being God-breathed piece, I think. And then he also, uh, obviously these words still apply to today, and that is to know God, to know who Christ is. And the same way he revealed himself to Samuel back in the book of Samuel is the same way he reveals himself through his word, it said. Because it said Samuel, he had not revealed himself through his word. Uh, well, he started to re- reveal himself through his word. If you keep reading, you know that's the part in uh, verse 25 yep. that says... Okay, go ahead. Go to that. You got it. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. And he's, he's, he's also, just in this moment when we see Jesus praying, he, we know that we can pray to God for the same things. to make. And Jesus is at his right hand interceding, and we can say, God, like we did when we started this, mm-hmm. reveal your truth, teach us. And, I mean, that's what drives you and I to put this stuff down is that he has. It can only, it's only come from him. So he, he's saying that he will continue, and we are experiencing that. Yeah, sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. I mean, so that's that's hand-in-hand hand with, uh, I think it's Ephesian, Ephesians that talks about washing with water through the word. Uh, husbands, love your wives. Uh, you know, talks about Christ gave himself up for the church to make her holy, radiant, washing her with water through the Word. And this is the the washing that takes place is through the Word. The Word is truth. The Word is not some random, uh, non-existent, intangible form thing out there that we don't know, that we must you know get a dream to know at night. It has been provided to His children, to the children of Abraham, who are now us because we're grafted into that promise you know we're the we're the fulfillment of all nations will be blessed through you right we have the same word given to abraham we're blessed because we now have obviously salvation through christ but we have knowledge of god too which we did not uh well i say we didn't have but there's always been there's always been the ability for gentiles to be Followers of God, obviously. But. Well, I think the other piece of that, too, is what we talked about before. He says, washing of the the Word. I mean, we know that baptism signifies things, and we know that... But even at the beginning, we know that now we have the Spirit, and we see that come into play in Acts, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the, Spirit, the Spirit's given. To, to teach us and work through us, well, the Spirit... The first piece we have of the Spirit, and I know we said this before, but it kind of relates here, is it's hovering over the waters. Well, all of those waters, and we know, I think it's in Job or somewhere, where it actually, the Bible points out how it knows how rain is made, 
right? Yeah, yeah. the cycle of convection. I don't know if it's Isaiah or Job. Oh, okay. So, but yet, so all of those waters, so at some point, those same waters that we the, we on earth are washing in are the same waters of the Spirit over there because he created us to show that. Right. And that's the power of his word, right? Which, <clears throat> which uh, we know that, I mean, we, we talk about a lot, <clears throat> I don't know if this is on subject or not, but sufficient um, God breathe. I don't know if we hit that part or not. Did we talk about yeah. that? Okay. It, it's sufficient because you, you could think that this scripture was uh, written down in a way to teach us about, like there's, it's not like God sitting there looking at nature saying, you know what, that's kind of like the way I did uh, the spirit. So living water, not... Not dirt. Dirt doesn't represent spirit. Living water represents spirit. But it's not that way. It's the spirit was first. And then living water was created to teach us about the spirit. So sufficient is in the way of it's perfect because all things were and the way I the way I look at it is they were created to teach us about God, just like, and they're recording the scripture. I don't know if that makes any sense. No, it does, and that's also where it talks about how it relates to to, to creation being a witness to Him. And I think, um, well, I know that in a later audio journal that we'll do, we're going to tackle some of that, and the fact that God created things, and when He references creation, it's not, like you're saying, it's not because creation fits what He happens to have, it's because He designed it first to bear witness to what he's now revealing to us right and now telling us right mm-hmm. like he didn't create light he didn't he doesn't say he's the light of the world because because of the nature of light he created light the way it is because Jesus was going to be the light and because God is the light the rainbow comes as a promise but it's also what we're going to see in the amazing rays of light when we're in his presence right so it's it's not, oh, yeah, now we've got the rainbow. No, this is a part of his nature. I mean, it's like, I think Matt Chandler, one of our favorite pastors, was saying it's like, you know, the angels are sitting around, and, and he's like, I'm going to make planets. And they're like, what are planets? And he's like, there are planets. Those are planets. Because they didn't know. So he made everything from the beginning, and we've already referenced verses where he says, before the creation. So if he already knew the nature of things before he's created them, then of course he created them for that very thing. Which even, which in again, like the whole scripture is pointing out, it points to his glory. Like that just makes you want to, I mean, worship him more knowing that he was still willing to do something like that in order to show us right. things about him. <clears throat> that making, I didn't mean to cut you off. Or, no, that was... So there's a, that, that verse in Peter that you, oh. you had shared with me. Um, First Peter 4... Yeah, about this is in line with uh, the fact that the scripture is God breathed. Um, what was it? Uh, four seven. The end of all things is near. Therefore, be clear-minded and self-controlled, so you can pray. Above all, love each other deeply, because love covers over a multitude of sins. Offer hospitality to one another without grumbling. Each one should use whatever gift he has received to serve others faithfully, administering God's grace in various forms. If anyone speaks, he should do <clears throat> he should do it as one speaking the very words of God. If anyone serves, 
he should do it with the strength God has provided provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. <clears throat> um, just the, the part that if anyone speaks, he should do it as one speaking the very words of God goes hand in hand with the scripture we just read about the all scriptures God breathed and useful for teaching, rebuking, training, so that the man of God would be totally equipped. I don't remember the exact words, but it's it's telling us that we have this in our hands uh, to to do these things, and th- this is not something that we need to go to some, well, I mean, we'll get into that, but we, we don't need it uh, taught to us necessarily. It is there for us to mm-hmm. find the strength in it. And and when we speak about God, we should do it using the Holy Scriptures, um, you know, lest we get off. Right. Or, 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 or stumble into error, you know. Yeah, and I, that's a good point. And he, and you know what else? He goes on further, Peter, uh, towards the end of that chapter, verse sixteen. We did not follow co- uh, cleverly invented stories when we told you about the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but we were eyewitnesses of His Majesty, for He received honor and glory from God the Father when the voice came to Him from the majestic glory, saying, "This is My Son, whom I love; with Him I am well pleased." We ourselves heard this voice that came from heaven when we were with Him on the sacred mountain. And we have the word of the prophets made more certain, and we're going to talk about that that later when we talk about the revealing part. And you will do well to pay attention to it as to a light shining in a dark place until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your hearts, which there's some of that um, symbolism there in nature, which we just were talking about. Above all, you must understand that no prophecy of Scripture, so no true prophecy, right, Mm -hmm. came about by the prophet's own interpretation. For prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So even the men he's saying here, it's 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 huge. Even the men that were prophets, the Holy Spirit was still guiding their speech. So yeah, we now have the Holy Spirit through Christ's redemption, right? His redeeming of us, right? But I read that as like, well, Abraham. The Holy Spirit was guiding Abraham. Right. That's right. exactly right. Because he was also, like, somebody say, well, Abraham, was he a prophet? Well, yeah, Scripture calls him a prophet. God calls him a prophet yeah. in the dream to Abimelech. And, and I mean, it's that it, it's also important that you just point out a good part about no prophecy of Scripture came about by the prophet's own interpretation. Well, obviously, we're talking about true prophets that the Holy Spirit revealed to. We're not talking about mysterious prophets out there doing mysterious things like, you know, or like na- and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and even nowadays there are people that claim that they have this direct, cha- that the word is channel. I've seen it on TV. Oh, I've got this channel to God, and he's given new revelation. Right. And, and, it, and obviously the way we know whether those people are from God or not is through the word of God. Mm-hmm. When you put this into you, and I, I know we'll get into this, but since we're saying this, just like the scripture said, it's useful for training, rebuking, you know, these these things. It's useful for it because once it once you search it, it in the spirit 
God is is willing to give the Spirit to teach it to you, it will protect you from falling, following somebody like that. You know, and it's mm-hmm. uh, you know important to note that we have Genesis to Revelation, and that's it in front of us. Yeah. That's what we believe. This is the sixty six books right here, and you know that that yes, there are other things out there, but they are not God breathed and plain flat out that that's it you know it's so another piece of that being sufficient is the fact that we see this in jesus's actions as well like he's not only talking about it giving stories and telling but very early on and in in matthew i think is a great example so starting in chapter three john the baptist prepares the way and uh, in verse three it references isaiah a voice of one calling in the desert prepare the way of the lord make straight paths for him so so okay, so the scriptures being fulfilled, um, and Jesus, his first recording here is when he's talking to John, and John says, "I need to baptize, be baptized by you, and do you come to me?" So he's saying he needs to baptize. John needs to baptize. Jesus, you know, yo, you need to baptize me. He says, "Let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness." And that's where we had this reference just from what we just read. This is my son whom I love and who I'm well pleased. Right. Next is the temptation of Jesus, where in that, not only Jesus demonstrates the sufficiency and power of the Scripture, but Satan knows that he's got to use the Scripture. <clears throat> if he, he thinks that's probably his only shot. And I think, and some people may disagree with this, but just to throw it in there, I think that even in this we can see that, that Satan has not been revealed truths in scriptures because his first thing he says is, this is Satan here. The tempter came to him and said, if you are the son of God, so he's talking to Jesus, tell these stones to become bread. Well, he's talking to the stone. Mm-hmm. He's talking to the bread. Right. He, he doesn't get it. Right. Like he, I, I mean, I know he gets that Jesus can do that, but it's kind of a weird, you know, play on what's going on there. Which it, I think it's is clear that Jesus talks about the mysteries, you know, are, are hidden, you know, the treasure and stuff. So I, I would agree with what you're saying. So everything Jesus says here, when Satan supposedly tempts him, I don't think he was tempted one bit, um, but Jesus says, he responds with Scripture. It is written, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God, Mm -hmm. right? The true bread. Um, And then Satan throws more Scripture at him, and then Jesus answers again. It is also written. Um, And then then the power of his word so the words that he's going to say too, so he's shown the power of the scriptures he's already given, and then the power of his word is seen in ten. Jesus says, "Away from me, Satan, for it is written." So he he's already he shows his authority, and then he gives God's word: "Worship the Lord your God and serve Him only." And and Satan obeys. Yeah, yeah I mean that every time he answers, it, it is written or it is also written is in there, and it, I mean here is the, here is the word of God. Here is the Son of God. The, right. All things were created through Him. And he's punching Satan in the face with "It is written," and and it and it, it stops Satan in his tracks. Right. It, it, so there's, and why did he say is it is it is written? Why, I mean, why didn't he say, why does the original text say? Or not this even the that. Not even to get silly is like, yeah, you've met God. Yeah. Right. You you know that you know God. Or just do not put the word. Or just say it right. And then we'd be like, well, Jesus said that, but he he's making a point. Well, too. look at what he Satan. knows what it says, and it's. It's written down, 
And not by the least stroke of a pen will it fall from there. When you think about it, I mean, look at the Pharisees and the Sadducees and stuff. They're actually tripped up over the scripture. Yeah. And so he actually, I mean, this is this is a good point. One of the ways Satan strikes, and one of his most powerful ways, is through a misunderstanding or a lack of the spirit teaching of the scripture. And I mean, that's how he... Like a, it's like a proof text thing, too. I mean, he's basically taking one little verse out of... And using your heart to interpret it instead of yeah, the spirit. Yeah, you finish it here, and he's like... I'm hungry. Well, that... You know, I'm hungry. Okay, I'll turn that yeah. to bread. Yeah, that's I mean, a good point. So it, it's it's absolutely the way the Son of God protect... You know, it was the protection through the spirit. Um, I want to point out the fact that when he when he said, and this is this is one of the ways that you you take scripture, and I mean we talk about we'll get into scripture interprets scripture. So you want to come back to it then? Yeah, maybe. Well, I was just going to talk about the fact yeah. that yeah, Satan Satan uh, when he said uh, verse six. Okay. If you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down for it is written. He will command his angels concerning you and they will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against stone. I just want to point out the fact that the most powerful force of evil is taking a legitimate text from God. I mean, Jesus doesn't say, well, you know what? It doesn't, it didn't even really say that in the beginning. Okay. And then, and then the, I mean, this is an epic showdown taking place here with scripture that we have in our hand now. This is the same scripture. And then when you, he says, uh, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone, Jesus answers him, do not, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God to the test. But Jesus, knowing the scripture, Satan just referenced Psalm 91 11. Do you have it? Here, are you looking at it? Yeah. Um, he just referenced, and I'll read these couple of verses, for he will, uh, well, start in 9, if you, make your, if you make the Most High your dwelling, even the Lord, who is my refuge, then no harm will befall you, no disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways, they will lift you up in their hands, so that you will not strike your foot against a stone, you will tread upon the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. So when Satan said this to Jesus, Jesus probably knew the next part of this psalm. You, you would think, obviously, oh, yeah. is the word of God. You will trample the cobra, or you know, trample, tread upon the lion and the cobra. And the way he does it is with the word of God. Right. And but read verse fourteen. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him, for he acknowledges my name. Right. And then that's Jesus' response. It is also written, do not put your Lord God to the test. He's right. acknowledging God, his name, and God also says, I will protect him. So Jason, Jesus, I mean, uh, Satan references a, like you're saying, a scripture that clearly shows, well, if you just, the next part, you, yeah, he could do that and you would, you would be destroyed right now rather than later right right yeah and it's through the word it's cool did you hear that Satan okay and then you've got um, that verse in Revelation that you were talking about right? yeah I guess to point out is the sufficiency or... it's the same way that under the sufficiency to 
rebuke. I mean, think about that. You, we look at that scripture like, oh, it's it's the word of God is all scriptures God breathed, and to rebuke, train up, and all that. Well, we just saw Christ rebuke Satan with scripture. Yeah, you know. So it's like maybe this isn't. You always think about that being like towards the. You only rebuke believers, right? Well, oh, yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> it's also the way... I think this was the scripture we were looking for last time. It's it's the way that in Revelation chapter 12, 11, um, it's, well, starting in 10, there's this scene of uh, salvation coming... Now, or then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ for the accuser of our brothers who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. It was exactly what we saw Jesus do with Satan in the desert. He overcame him with the word. Hmm. And, and I mean, it's like it says, they overcame them. By the blood of the Lamb and the word of the testament. Well, we know the word from heaven is the bread, and the blood is the wine. And we have the wine and the bread there. Um, the word of their testimony is the word of God. It, it is not just, I was lost and now I'm saved. Yeah. I was drunk and now I'm not. Yeah. It's the word of God. That's the word of their testimony. Um, just to fall in line there of the protect, protection sufficient part. Okay, so um, the other thing about the scriptures are um, the word or the holy scriptures are they're sealed and they are revealed by God. So there's and, and within that there's still some some things that He's going to reveal us in the appointed time, right? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so we've talked a little bit about how they're revealed by the Spirit. Um, we've got some verses for that. Um, yeah, Matthew 16, 17, you want to go to that one? Yeah, um, and I'll start. Um, this is, uh, I'm going to start in Luke 4.18, and this is Jesus speaking. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom to the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And that's actually Jesus quoting, I believe, Isaiah 29.11. So I go to Isaiah 29.11. For this whole vision is nothing but words sealed in a scroll. And if you give the scroll to someone who can read, and say to him, Read this, please. He will answer, I can't. It is sealed. Or if you give the scroll to someone who cannot read and say, Read this, please. He will answer, I don't know how to read. Um, now, wait a minute. I did reference that. But that's not him reading that from there, I guess. Hang on. Um, no, that's from Isaiah 61. I have a side note that I wrote in there because what's happening here is... Um, oh, sorry. Totally thrown off there, but... So when Jesus says that in Luke, he is standing up. He read, This is his first time in the synagogue. After the temptation of Jesus, he's in the synagogue. And it's his turn to read the scroll, right? I think mm -hmm. it says that in... Um, um, yeah, 
17, the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found a place where it is written. So he reads that, and then verse 20 says, Then he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him, and he began by saying to them, Today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Which is one of my favorite parts of scripture. Like Jesus stands up, he reads in the synagogue, then he sits down and he's like, it's being fulfilled. Like, mm-hmm. I have arrived, right? And then you go to Isaiah, that Isaiah 29, 11, for this whole vision is nothing but words sealed in a scroll. And if you give the scroll to someone who can read and say to him, read this, please, he will answer, I can't, and it's sealed. So it's like Jesus is, it's being, it's protected. And then it's time came when Jesus was brought and he says, all right, here it is. Does that right. make sense? I don't yeah. know. I kind of <clears throat> went in circles. Well, I mean, the, let it make sense and clear it up. No, I was just going to add to the the part in Isaiah when Isaiah is ca- called is kind of where the start of that sealing of it is is uh, okay is when you know he he says who will I send and everybody, everybody loves to quote this as being romantic and stuff you know oh, yes. having the guts stand up and say I, I send me and then Isaiah is given okay you know go. And tell this people, be ever hearing, but never understanding, be ever seen, but never perceiving, make this heart, make the heart of this people callous, make their ears dull, and close their eyes, otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn and be healed. <clears throat> um, and then this is actually right before he's given the sign of Emmanuel, uh, the virgin of a child. Um, hmm. I guess the point of that is... You know, God obviously opens the eyes of people to understand the scripture. Yeah. And that's what Jesus was doing to those who would understand him, right? Those that were his sheep would know his voice when he when he said that. They actually uh, yeah. They actually start getting mad about it, don't they? Well, you know what I just thought of that you and I have talked about um, is this is kind of, kind of, I'm not throwing this off here. But what's a perfect example of God's word going out and understanding being given without like, so you got the Pharisees and the Sadducees and all these people studying the word in vain, okay, to use the scriptures, yet who comes up on the scene and visits Jesus first when he's born? Simeon? No, when when he's born. Oh. um, The Magi. Right. They come from the Far East. The Gentiles. Like, so we've got these people come from the Far East, and they know that the son has arrived. And then, like you said, you've got Simeon and the other woman. What's her name? Something R or something. Anna. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> and they have been revealed by the Spirit that they're gonna. he's going to see God before he dies. Right. So you've got it's like these little examples of, look, it's, it's, it's shown to those who, who seek it, and he's going to be shown to. Right. And... The Magi thing is just really cool, I think. Because you got all these people that are after him. You've got this powerful ruler that wants him dead, who you think can this guy can round up armies and decide that every firstborn can be destroyed, yet he can't find the Christ. Right. And you've got religious leaders. I mean, they're probably next to the end, within a half a mile of Jesus' birth, there's gonna be, you know, Jewish leaders. They had no idea. And then here comes the Magi. Who travel from afar and know. And, and you know that it wasn't 
It was very mysterious, but it was done through the Word of God that we have now, too. It was, I mean, they they had the, we know in Daniel there's precise appointed times given, and not that we fully understand them ourselves right now. Right. But that is how the Spirit revealed this stuff to Simeon. It, you know, it had been revealed to him that he wouldn't die before the Christ came. Right. I personally believe that was through the spirit, the scriptures revealed to the spirit. Yeah. Because that's the way God's always done it. So we read this earlier, just thinking about the Magi thing. And this is just another way, and we're going to get into this too here in a second, about the, how the, the scriptures are, they reveal them within the scriptures too. Verse 19 of chapter 1, 2 Peter. And we have the word of the prophets made more certain, and you will do well to pay attention to it, as to a light shining in a dark place, which is exactly like what the Magi did. They followed the star. He goes on, and the morning, the morning star rises in your hearts. So, above all, you must understand that no prophecy came through prophecy interpretation. It never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke of God as they were carried along, carried along by the Holy Spirit. Right. So it's like, okay, you and I are sitting here trying to make this point, and you start looking and thinking about the story, and then God... In another place, it lights up, and he's it's like, oh, well, yeah, it's so obvious now. And then, <laughs> right. And, and, and I mean, another part and you and of I that see that all the time. Well, it, it, it's interesting. You just saying that, like, the star led them, and it was talking about the word of the prophets. We know that angel angels were also sent to give as ministering spirits, too. Right. Uh, Hebrews says all angels are minister, ministering spirits. In Revelation, when John sees this strange vision of Christ and, and these things around, and the interpretation that red letter, this is Christ speaking in the vision, the mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand and of the seven gold lampstands is this. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches. Okay. So that's just, I don't know, it's really off subject. It's just interesting. You, you thought, you're, or you, you read that. We're talking about the Magi following the star and... And the you know, thinking of that first Peter scripture, the word of the prophets as a light shining to a dark place until the morning star rises in your hearts. I don't know, it's just not going anywhere with that. <laughs> I saw a connection there. <clears throat> but that happens when you're studying. <laughs> yeah. It's uh through his spirit. That we learn, it's the same spirit that the Magi had things revealed to them, I guess is, is one of the main points of that. And, and the fact that Christ opens the eyes and the ears to receive, period. You have to ask for it. It has to be given, you know? Yeah. All right, so we also know that the, the Spirit, obviously, is, big, is a big role. Um, but the other way you and I look, too, that we see in Scripture to show its, its perfection and how God reveals it, and I see this all the time, um, is that we you got to let the Scriptures, laying out that, well, obviously, we believe they're sufficient and they're perfect and, they're, um, and all of those things and that we've laid out so far, let the Scripture define itself. Don't 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 go outside of it and look to history or some other thing, when 
the truth is to be found in the Word, and God, it's there, and through the Spirit, and through that understanding. And so, you know, you and I believe that the Scriptures, and we've seen it, they will have this little piece that, that we, you know, we like to say lights up, and then you go to another part, and you realize, wow, these are connected, there's a purpose behind this. And I think for me personally, like you and I have talked about, is um, when Jesus is on the cross, and he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And people look at that and they go, okay, well, Jesus had to turn his back on sin. So he turned his back on Jesus. Um, you know, and it just seems weird. Like Jesus, not long before that, is telling that the guy, the other, the other, one of the guys being crucified, that he's going to be with him later in heaven, right? Right. And then next thing you know, it's like, why have you forsaken me? And it seems to me, it, it, maybe it's just me, it just seems a little confusing at first. They're like, right. Well, geez, Jesus lived this whole life, and he's here to glorify God, and he sent me. And then all of a sudden he says that? What's that all about? Well, then you, you look up, what, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And that's in the Bible again somewhere else. It's in Psalms, mm -hmm. chapter 22. So just on the surface side, Jesus is saying that because he wants us to go to Psalms 22 and realize that he, say, he says more than that. That's just what he says out loud. And then we, we read something earlier about... When Jesus is praying, he, he, he does this several times. He's praying to God, and he says, I am doing this so that they may hear. Yeah, he asks you know, for him to hear him. He's like, I, I say this for those around me or something like right. that. Right, so there are times where Jesus speaks out loud and <clears throat> give us a peace that we need to hear. He even says some stuff sometimes, that, or does some things sometimes that seem so... Uh, Okay, well, yeah, that fulfilled it, but you did it to fit, like like going by two swords. Okay, well, we or going by a sword. Well, we have two swords. Well, that's enough. The scriptures are fulfilled. You know, like yeah. it, some things like that. Yeah. But but it's fulfilled. It's the way he does it. It's the way he chose to do it. So he he says that, and we go to Psalm twenty two, and we see, "My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me? So far from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry out by day, but you do not you do not answer." By night and am not silent. Now, of course, we know this, this this psalm is you know comes from David or whatnot. So that's obviously the spirit moving. Yet you are enthroned as the holy one. You are the praise of Israel. In you, our fathers put their trust. They trusted and you delivered them, which is is interesting because that's the fathers of David, right? So Abraham, David, Isaac, yeah. Jacob. They cried to you and were saved. In you they trusted and were not disappointed. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by men and despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults at me, shaking their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let the Lord rescue him. Okay? We've Which is exactly that. what they said yep. on the cross. Let him deliver him, since he delights in him. Yet you brought me out of the womb. You made me trust in you, even at my mother's breast. From birth I was cast upon you. From my mother's womb you have been uh, my God. Do not be far from me, for trouble is near, and there is no one to help. Many bulls surround me, strong bulls of Bashan, or Bashan, encircle me. Roaring lions, tearing their prey, open their mouths wide against me. I am poured out like water. All of my bones are out of joint, which we know is true of Jesus, right? My heart has turned to wax. It has melted away within me. Well, yeah, it says that they're not broken. They're out right. of joint. That's, that's big. Right. My strength is dried up like a postured, and my tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You lay me in the dust of death. Dogs have surrounded me, and a band of evil men has encircled me. They have pierced my hands and my feet. Hmm. I can count all my bones. People stare and gloat over me. 
they divide my garments among them and cast lots for my clothing, which is exactly what the soldiers did, right? Mm -hmm. But you, O Lord, be not far off. O my strength, come quickly to help me. Deliver my life from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dogs. Rescue me from the mouth of the lion. Save me from the horns of the wild oxen. I will declare your name to my brothers in the congregation. I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, honor him. Revere him, all you descendants of Israel. For he has not despised or disdained the suffering of the afflicted one, which is Jesus. He has not hidden his face from him, so he did not turn his back on him, but has listened to his cry for help. So he did not abandon him. For you comes the, from you comes the theme of my praise and the greatest only. Before those who fear you will I fulfill my vows. The poor will eat and be satisfied. They who seek the Lord will praise him. May your hearts live forever. Salvation. All the ends of the earth will remember and turn to the Lord, and all the families of the nations will bow down before him, for dominion belongs to the Lord, and he rules over the nations. All nations will be blessed, which is exactly what Abraham was told. All the rich of the earth will feast and worship. All who go down to the dust will kneel before him, those who cannot keep themselves alive. Posterity will serve him. Future generations will be told about the Lord. They will proclaim his righteousness to a people yet unborn, for he has done it. That's us. Right, we were his the righteousness unborn. is proclaimed. We were unborn, and he's done it. And and it, when it says it here, it's it's as good as done. Right, right. That's the, yeah. I mean that's the scripture. This is God speaking through David. And so when it says, "For he has done it," like yes, we know this. So this is what I believe. Jesus prayed to God. Yeah, we just heard the fierce words because he wanted us to know and go, and he would reveal that. But it's done. It was done when David read it. It was done before the creation of the world. So can you imagine, like, if you were actually seeing that, and, and you hear him cry out, and you understand what's going on, and you have you knew the words to this psalm, you know that we know now this intimate picture of what he is thinking and saying to God, This what is taking place here. We know exactly. We know what's going to take place. We know what's going to take place. Right. We know that... We know they're gonna they're gonna taunt him with you you know let God save him he trusts in God we right. know that you pulled that up somewhere yeah it's it's uh I mean in Matthew twenty seven um, forty three it says he trusts in God let God rescue him now hmm. if he wants him for he said I am the son of God in the same way the robbers who were crucified with him also heaped insults on him so wow this is uh, you know, it's incredible. I mean, it really is incredible when you when you think about that. This was here the whole time, and telling us exactly. And this is just one chapter here. Uh, right. I mean, one, 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 song, one simple one example song, too. Right. But it seems it's it's huge. And I, I wonder if if the word spread that he said that, or if there was a Jew nearby that was like, "Wow, well, wait, that's Psalm twenty two. Or that's, you know, that's... Right. Well, there's some somewhere where when, when somebody saw how he died, he said, surely this was the Son of God or something. It always makes you... It, it always oh, yeah. makes you wonder if, if, it, if it was just simply because of uh, the... I mean, what if somebody dies with integ integrity, does that make you say, surely this was the Son of God? I mean, you know? There, there had to have been so much more going on in his heart with that. Right. Possibly he was a Gentile who knew the Scripture, who... Who knew God? I don't know. I think it was a Roman centurion. Well, 
And you know, uh, Peter says it when he um, when Jesus reaches out to him and when he walks on water. It's interesting too. Hmm. Um, I want to find that because I think you're right. Oh wait, when I think it's let's see here. Yeah, Matthew twenty seven fifty four. When the centurion and those with him who were guarding Jesus saw the earthquake and all that had happened, they were terrified and exclaimed, Surely he was the Son of God. Yeah, well, I guess that's right off the bat. You, you couldn't, you don't know if they know scripture or anything like that. Obviously something great took place there with the earthquake and stuff. But I mean, yeah, if, 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 there was, there were, I'm sure there were parts of it that, I mean, God's <clears> proclaiming it throughout so to realize it when when it ended and that and then the world just seemed dark and different or whatever i mean that's you know if some if you're watching someone they die and, the, and there's an earthquake that's a pretty good sign too <laughs> there's the, right I mean, and what is that that's nature yeah that's just, that's the creation knowing that jesus is or and it's also god ordaining it you know earth shaking at the feet of god yeah. too <laughs> i mean it's, it's so what what do you got there? The uh, what? So scripture defining scripture. I mean, we there are just so many examples of that. And I, so I guess what I was trying to say at the beginning before that too is I see it all the time where people sit down and and I'm not trying to attack them. It's just something that I used to do until um, God used you to show me some things. Is that we can sit there and go, man, I wonder what they meant here. Well, if we search that part or we search that word or we, and we look at the context of it then and, and pray that God will reveal it, he'll start to show things in Scripture and like, wow, that's what he means. Sometimes it's as simple as searching the very word. Yeah, I, I, I mean, mean, you're it, like, <clears throat> I mean, okay, there's another example I just had a couple weeks ago at the men's study up in D.C. In Ch- and we're studying John and it says the works of God. I'm like, well, what do you mean by works of God? I type in works of God, and it's in two places. And in one of them, it's Jesus going, and by the works of God, I mean, and he and he defines it. So we were going to sit there, and everyone was going to speculate, well, the works of God, well, they're probably this part. Well, wait a minute, dude. If we go back to chapter 5, it says the work Jesus himself tells us what the works of God are. And in the Old Testament, we have the works of God, and they correlate. Right. <clears throat> and there's no question. I don't need a commentary. I don't need... Some historical thing, well, back then when they said works, it meant, no, I didn't need any of that. The Bible told me. It was because the Spirit revealed it. Because, you know, I sought it. And that doesn't mean every time he's going to give it that quickly. Right. But, but it, that there alone is enough for me to know he will if that's what he desires. Right. Because there are still some mysteries. And, and I mean, it, well, the, the whole thing is is there. It looks like we talked about it's real. It's This is a relationship. And, and so we call it mystery because it's released. It is very mysterious. All of us, it, it is a complete mystery, uh, especially to those who will never see it. It becomes more of a relationship to those who, you know, God shines that light. Yeah. And it, it, it is all God. It has nothing to do with us. But obviously, if you if you don't look for it, I mean, it talks about searching as for treasure, you know, seeking it and, and he'll give it to you. And it, it, it can be as simple as searching a word or a phrase like you're talking about. It is an understanding that the reason why he uses the vineyard in, in the parables and the gospels, he uses the vineyard because he already used the vineyard in a parable in Isaiah. And it's the same parable and, and, and the, the seed 
understanding that he created the seed the way he did to teach about what he was doing here in this creation with yeah. man and the word is that you can look at seed all the way in Galatians ties the seed of Abraham, mm. you know, I mean, yeah. it's just like it, it is perfect. And people say all parables break down after a certain whatever, but they really, these parables don't, you know, you have to understand that. Okay. Well, I mean, the church obviously accepts a lot of them. Uh, the bride of Christ, we've all heard that. That's the yeah. church. Um, you know, the 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 capstone, I mean, I think most people have heard that. At least Jesus Christ is the rock. We've, right, we've heard yeah. that. But then we don't understand that this ties into Moses striking the rock, right? You know, with the staff and the water gushing from it. Right. And, I mean, it it's... Scripture defines Scripture because his plan is uh, orchestrated by him from the beginning. Right. Right? I mean, does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. <clears throat> so we got, um, what is this? Uh, let me see here. Um Oh, okay, so you, you mentioned the parables. The disciples came to him and asked, Why do you speak to the people in parables? He replied, The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. This is why I speak in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes, because they see, and your ears, because they hear. For I tell you the truth, many prophets and righteous men longed to see what you see, but did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. So that's... And then he goes on to explain the parable of the sower. Right? Yeah. So... So... Wow. It's a it's a big deal to know that these are not just, like Peter says, cleverly invented stories, or, or Timothy, or whoever says it. I mean, this is... the These things reveal who God is right. and what he's doing. And, and it's, it, it, the whole point is, is that God... It's not like you can just unlock this stuff like a combination lock. It it is given by God. It is absolute gift. Yeah. Yeah, there's still some things to be to be revealed, right? Well, I mean, many many things. It's yeah. Um every, example, every day. God says and um we got in 1 Corinthians 2 6 or 10, so just, Paul is writing, but um 1 Peter I mean, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 6, starting verse 6. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we speak of God's secret wisdom. So that's kind of an example there, too, of the outside of time thing. It's not about the age or the moment you're in. It's, it's, that's a good point. Uh, yeah. So, no, we speak of God's secret wisdom and wisdom that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. 
None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. And this is again, however, as it is written, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived who what God has prepared for those who love him. Um, which is Isaiah 64. But God has revealed it to us by his Spirit. The Spirit teaches all things, even the deep things of God. For who among men knows the thought of a man except the man's spirit within him? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. We have not received the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we may understand what God has freely given us. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, expressing spiritual truths in spiritual words. The man without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, and he cannot understand them. Which reminds me of being in a religious class in college. It was void of the Spirit, void of faith, and it was like, it just seemed, <clears throat> it just seemed silly, but anyways, right. I digress. And he cannot understand them because they are spiritually discerned. The spiritual man makes judgments about all things, but he himself is not subject to any man's judgment. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. I mean, that section there is like <laughs> crazy. Awesome. It, I mean, it makes it makes it clear that you can't understand this without the mind of Christ. It's actually yeah. very dangerous. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's. But our point there, too, I mean, it, there, there are some things in there that we, we've kind of laid out before that it's also referencing, you know, the eyes and the seeing and all that coming from God. But, I mean, our, initially our point to bring this up is that it talks about the secret wisdom of God that's been hidden and destined before time even began. Right. So there's still some mystery to it. It is know? very mysterious. Yeah. And I know you, you have an example, I think, in Daniel. Yeah, Daniel, it, <clears throat> when at the end of Daniel... The angel is, uh, uh, what verses? 12 verse 9. Well, the man clothed in linen above the river says, uh, he, he replied, well, Daniel <clears throat> uh, asks, I heard, but I did not understand, so I asked my Lord, what, what will the outcome of this be? He replied, go your way, Daniel, because the words are closed up and sealed until the time of the end. Many will be purified, made spotless, and refined, but the wicked will continue to be wicked. None of the wicked will understand, but those who are wise will understand. Um, so basically, another example of a book in the Word of God that is locked up until an appointed time of the end, which we are, I believe we're very close to. And it is also saying that the wicked, which we know you're not wicked because you're clothed in Christ, the wicked will not understand because they will not be taught by God because their ears will not be hearing, they will not be able to hear, they will not be able to see because Christ hasn't opened their ears or their eyes, but all the wise will understand. Those who are wise will understand, which we know that Christ is, God gives wisdom. He gives wisdom. So just another example of uh, the fact that the the scripture is uh, is very much not conquered. It is revealed. It is mm -hmm. given, and and so there, I guess one of the reasons why we make that point is that when you look at it, you don't you don't want to look at this book like well, men have been studying this for thousands of years, and you know why I'm not going to learn anything new. That's not the way it works. It's not about your wisdom. It's about the spirit relationship teaching you through the word and creating that worship right. Right. 
um, Timothy goes, I mean, or it, you see a lot of this in Timothy, um, you know, where he says, the Lord will give you insight into all of this. Reflect on what I'm saying. The Lord will give you insight. That's chapter 2, verse 7. Um, God will grant them repentance, leading them to the knowledge of the truth. That's 2, verse 25. Um, so God grants it. In chapter 3, and verse 15, he says, The scriptures which are able to make you wise unto salvation. Oh, so, that's a good, that's a good um, one. Where's that at? And then that's Second Timothy 3, 15. First John 2, 26 talks about how it says, you do not need anyone to teach you for, um, let me get to that one. So, yeah, I, and I, I'm sorry, to, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, no, you're not, you're adding to it. just saying, yeah, you can't add to it. I was going to ask you, yeah. I was going to ask you where that one was, you don't need anybody to teach you. What what verse are you going to? Uh, the, that one that you just talked about. It's First John 2, 26, mm-hmm. which is, uh, okay, um... That's not right. I wrote this down wrong when I studied it. I remember doing this, and I'm referencing. There's no, there is no such thing. Oh, that's maybe it's okay. No, that's two twenty six. Okay, I am writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, the anointing you received from Him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as His anointing teaches you about all things, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it is taught you, remain in Him. Which we also want to make clear that we know that God, Jesus talks about appointing some to be teachers, some to be prophets. But the point of this is, just like you talked about one time, we met a man that said, well, I can't go to it and learn myself. I need somebody to teach me. That's a bunch of crap. You, This is written to be a relationship with God and the Spirit teaches you. Exactly. And people can, yes, they can add not add, they can reveal things that have been revealed to them, and and that's where the fellowship part of it comes into play, is that you may be taught something that I wasn't, and then we get together, and it creates, you know, this worship, right? Yeah. But it doesn't, it is not saying that you are only taught by teachers. It's saying that, yeah, it, it, right, it comes through the the fellowship piece, and the Spirit moves through, and He, yeah. And it's all through the Spirit and Scripture. Um, Jesus talks about in John 14, verse 25, he says, All this I have spoken while still with you, but the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and remind you of everything I have said to you. Will remind you of everything I have said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Um, He talks about how the Father is greater than him. I have told you now before it happens so that when it does happen, you will believe. Um, I mean, that's Jesus himself speaking. And it says that the Spirit will come and it will remind us of everything and it will teach us all things. So Mm -hmm. that's, I mean, that's... He, he's Jesus is, and I think what people need to realize is Jesus is talking to us. He's saying that knowing that you and I are going to sit in this moment and we're going to read it. And there are going to be moments down the road where we're sitting and we're going to read it. And he's, his testimony and his witness through his word is, is ministering to our hearts to show us this is true. It's true then. 
It was true before the world was created, and it's true now. Right. And it's amazing. That's awesome. Cool. Well, so, tonight, just a, kind of a summary, or, or we just wanted to lay out a few bullet points and give a few examples in them. I mean, we could have gone on forever. Yeah, it really, uh, really is kind of overwhelming when you, uh, when I say overwhelming, I mean, we, like you said, we have... There is much more to this, <laughs> but we can't we can't keep going on forever. Which is even further proof that it's of God and not of us. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's we can't. It, it, it. Yeah. As much as we want to search for this, it we're given every time we look at it, we're given more and more pieces to it. Yeah. It's, because it's endless. You know? It is. It's. It's. <clears throat> who can know the mind of God? So. Again, the word, some of the things we, we get into today, the word being perfect in the sole account we have of him, of all nations. The uh, the sufficiency of the scripture and the fact that it's God-breathed and uh, able to provide that armor yeah. of God. And then also that it's revealed and that it's been sealed and um, for a time of revelation and it's revealed through the Spirit. Um, through other believers. I mean, I think that's also, too, why we kind of talked around this, but why God shows that, yeah, through the Spirit, but it, we got these letters from Peter and John and Paul to show us that He will speak through men, and then of those of us that study that, you and I can come together, and He'll work through that. And and it's still, it's true, which is a dangerous line. I'm not saying that we create something new, but I'm saying that we can go to the Scriptures together and you know, a perfect, just a simple example is you go, well, I know, what about this story? And you're like, oh man, I didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. Um, that scripture defines scripture. Um, we talked about the Psalm 22 example, why has God forsaken me? And that there's still, there's still things that are yet to be revealed and there are going to be some things that we're just not going to understand until we're in his glory. And that's a good point. But that That's a good point. This, this is, a very complicated book too. It's not complicated in the way, of, but you're going to come across things that you are not going to understand. That they're going to uh, uh, make you think very hard. It'll uh, be challenging. Challenging. And, and I mean, there's times you'll read gosh. something and be like, "Why is that in there? Why is that in there? That that makes me question things." But the point is, is that do not let what you don't understand shake what you do understand. Right. And that is the sovereignty of God and Him Faith. giving this to us. And and like you said the, the last time, I think, when you come across hard things, understand that answers are given in time that don't expect... In, I mean, here's the thing. We expect to know everything immediately. We're very impatient with that. You know, yeah. it's like if we don't understand it, some, something's wrong Google with it. it. Right. <laughs> Google it. Yeah. It's it just uh, the, the point about this is this is a very complicated battle taking place over history. Do not expect to understand everything. Do not write off what you have been revealed by what is to come in time. That, I mean, that's the same way as like, and that also don't stop seeking it and, 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 and if we didn't believe in the sovereignty of God, then why would we pray? You know, the the, right. the other thing about it is, is that, you know, to use a childlike example, and since I'm expecting a child soon, and I've seen you with your kids, is that you don't let 
one moment where your child does something that totally throws you off and that you're like, they know better than this. And in that moment, you don't go and totally say, well, that child is completely evil and doesn't love me. I don't understand. So you don't understand why they do something, yet you don't let that define what you already know is true about that child. Right. So that's the way, I mean, in that God's teaching us too to know, look, there's, there are things, and you know what, to me, that's also on the flip side of it is proof that this is, this has been protected by God. Because if it's man's thing, why don't we take all this really weird stuff out or put in some kind of explanation for it? Yeah, or just make it five things that I have to do and make it really simple. Yeah, make it a 12-step program and be done with it and move on and do whatever we want to do. It's just, you know... The truth is, the more you study it, really kind of the more complicated things get. I mean, But even in that moment, because of all the ironies we see in everything that the world and, and what is true end up bringing about... I have found, and I think you would agree, that in those moments of not understanding things, they almost, in a, just in a really strange way, make me want to worship Him more. I know what you're talking about. And I, I don't know how to put that into words, because I am not sufficient enough to do that. Well, but I would say to anyone that is, is realizing that, like that guy that you talked about, when we were sitting next to him, and he's like thinking that someone's got to teach it to him. Man, you, I mean, it's... I don't know, it's just, it's, it's, it's beyond man's will and understanding which makes it so much greater than anything we can even fathom in our pee of a mind you know? and, and I mean the, the, the awesome thing is is that all of our convictions about how convinced we are about the things that we're saying how perfect this is even though we don't even claim to understand all of it yet and we're not going to or even, or, or even like can, can even 10% hold 10% of it I mean whatever we can't even contain it in our little minds but all of this is coming from things that we have actually seen in the very book that right. we're talking about. It, it, it's not like a stubborn faith here. I mean, we have seen this stuff, even though, like you said, even in the, in the seeing part of it, there's a lot of confusion and a lot of, uh, this is beyond my understanding. You right. know what I mean? It, yeah. And, and, but, and that creates the worship, too. It's, and there are so many examples of that, too. I mean, like, in the, in the heat of battle your gun stops firing and you've got a guy charging you do you do you look at that one moment and go the entire war is lost or do you rely on what you do know and that training that elementary training you were given to go there's another way I can do this there's another way that I can fight and my part is a piece of this overwhelming thing to conquer and win this this whole battle. So I'm in this one spot. You can, you know, go up to the Google Maps and look down and zoom way out and see the red versus the black or whatever. My spec in that moment, whether I lose or win this little piece, is not does not ruin the entire thing, but it does. I don't know. I'm getting just, but just trying no, to picture the fact that there's, you know, I, I don't know. It's it's if God did tell us everything about him, our heads would explode. I think. Right. That, no, it is very much. We are. We are. What you're talking about. We are a speck, and Matt Chandler. It, it is overwhelming. Dip a piece of floss into the Pacific Ocean, and that's that's our moment in time and our amount of understanding. But what's so awesome is that he knows our names in that. You and know? the hair, the very hairs on our heads. Yeah, right? it's, it's it's. I mean, that's incredible. But the fact that I mean, we we do. 
we we will rely on this training when the time comes. The Spirit will ensure that. I mean, and it is train yourself up in the Word. Train. Do the work. And, and I mean, I guess the whole point of all of this is to try to encourage well us while we're doing it. I know that's a big part of it. There's a selfish part of it in me that says I, I want that. I mean, we're constantly striving for that motivation. Mm-hmm constantly striving to to beat out the things that are trying to choke out uh, the things that will keep me from this, where I know that I, I find true peace and happiness and the fellowship that I have with Brian and I and, you know, anyone else willing to engage in this is, right. is beyond movies and things of that you would normally have a friendship built on. It, it is so much more powerful <laughs> is that those times when we are broken and beat down, I mean, it's like there is strength to be found in this, and it's not that we even. I, I feel like a hypocrite because it's so hard to find that strength, you know. It's like, yeah. but the spirit still does things like tonight, even though we're in those moments, you know, yeah. and, and does this stuff. It's it is a, a bigger picture. I guess depending on the way you look at it, it can be overwhelming or it can be comforting. I don't know. Yeah. That's the struggle, right? For sure. That's cool. We probably yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, so, Laura, we just want to come to you, and and um, Laura, I I I do not feel worthy to even be able to speak to you anytime I do, and I'll be honest, Lord, that there are times where I let that keep me from talking to you. And uh, I just thank you that um, that your truth has been revealed, not because I deserved it or anything that I've done, but you've allowed me to see things that no one can take away in this world. They're not of this world. They're of you. And I don't deserve them, and yet I can never um, truly forget or ignore them. And I thank you for writing them on my heart. I thank you for writing them on Kenny's heart and our wives' hearts and the people that have influenced us as we've come to this moment in time that is so quickly gone, yet um, hugely important um, in this moment for us. Um, so Lord, I just thank you that you do you do know the hairs on our head, that you do love us in such a way that before the world began, you could tell us, you could choose to tell us this moment uh, and Lord, I know that my faith has never truly been tested in some ways. I know that there are, outside of this American place that we live in, and even as I say it, I know that I don't truly understand it, but I can recognize that there are some dark places and there are things that just don't make sense. And I don't want to take it for granted, Lord, at all. And so I just thank you that we can, we do have the opportunity to sit down and that we have the means to do it and to um, just open it up and, and, and talk about it and, and record it, um, whether it be for a podcast if others choose to listen, whether it just be for our, our own um, reminders, maybe down the road where we're going to need to be able to listen to what we, what you taught us and revealed um, and Lord willing that our children 10, 12, 15, 30, however many years from now, listen to this. And maybe you speak through it. Maybe they have a greater understanding even at that moment and they can carry it on and go, oh man, 
they didn't see this part too. How crazy is this? And so Lord, we just thank you for all these things, for your, and it is for your glory, and we can't take any piece of it from you. Um, and that is a, is a wonderful thing, so we thank you for it. We thank you for your son, for what he does um, for us in interceding and revealing and giving us um, giving us the righteousness that he had um, as he lived a sinless life and died for us on the cross. Um, not only died for us, but died from us because we crucified him. Lord, I just thank you um, for the power of your word and for your continual um, guidance and direction and um, pursuing um, of us in our hearts. It's a, it's a story that no one can come close to, to writing and being creative about, and it's true. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen.